0: Hello and welcome to the South Asia Chat brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Ronan Joy Sen, Senior Research Fellow at the Institute. It is said that there is always an election happening or around the corner in India. However, the assembly elections in four states and one union territory from end March to end April are important for various reasons. They will be a test of the BJP's dominance and Prime Minister Modi's continuing popularity, the BJP's ability to do well in areas where it traditionally had little strength, and finally, the capacity of regional parties to resist one-party dominance. To discuss the polls, we have with us Rahul Verma, who follows Indian elections and politics like no other. Rahul Verma is a fellow at the Center for Policy Research in New Delhi He's also a PhD candidate in political science at the University of California at Berkeley. His book, Ideology and Identity, The Changing Party Systems of India, published in 2018 and co-authored with Pradeep Chibbar, develops a new approach to defining the contours of what constitutes an ideology in multi-ethnic countries such as India. He's a regular columnist for various news platforms and has published papers in Asian Survey. Economic and Political Weekly, Studies in Indian Politics, amongst others. Thank you, Rahul, for joining us today. Thank you, Raghuram Jai.
1: Thank you for your kind introduction.
0: Right. So so let me go ahead with the first question. The coming elections are in East and South India, both of which until recently have not been particularly happy hunting grounds for the BJP. Let's first turn to the South why do you think the BJP has not been able to make a significant electoral impact in Tamil Nadu and Kerala, although it has formed government in Karnataka multiple times and also made some recent inroads into Andhra Pradesh and Talangana? And do you see that changing in this election?
1: Ranojo, uh, I, I think you're absolutely right that BJP uh, in the last couple of years though have ventured Outside its core base of North and West India into East, but South still remains out of bound for the BJP. Uh, And you're also right uh, about Karnataka. They made uh, like they formed government now in Karnataka a decade ago. Uh, So this is the second time they have a Chief Minister, uh, and they did well in 2019 Lok Sabha elections in Andhra Pradesh and Telangana. My sense is that in Kerala and Tamil Nadu, in this election, BJP is not going to make any big splashes. Uh, And there are reasons for it, Uh, though they are trying and campaigning hard and everything. uh, In Tamil Nadu, they are a junior partner to AIDMK front, uh, which is the incumbent government, two times incumbent government. Uh, Out of 234 assembly constituencies, BJP is only contesting 20 seats. So less than one-tenth of the house. So in that sense, uh, if AIDMK does well, BJP will get an coattail advantage. They also might do well. But, uh, you know, like uh, given they're contesting few seats, I don't think uh, they'll be very critical to either the government formation or, you know, uh, AIDMK not doing well. Uh, In Kerala, uh, BJP has been slowly... Increasing its presence. So for last two, three elections, uh, they have managed to basically break the glass ceiling of uh, like being just like in a single digit uh, uh, in, in vote shares. So they have now managed to be in double digits for last three, two to two, three elections. They are around 15 percent. Uh, uh, in last assembly election, it was the first time when they managed to win uh, one Uh, MLA. So that was basically opening the account in Kerala Legislative Assembly. Uh, And and they have got uh, the famed uh, metroman uh, uh, E. Shridharan as one of their candidates in the state. So they are doing a couple of bits. But I think even there, uh, BJP will face uh, difficulties crossing 20% vote share mark this time. So and there are reasons why both in Kerala and Tamil Nadu, BJP will face troubles. In Kerala, uh, there are uh, so, like demographic disadvantages that BJP faces. Uh, it is a state that has a significant Muslim population, a significant Christian population. Both of them combined, uh, basically, are half of the state's electorate. Right? So, 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 so there is a ceiling uh, uh, for the BJP. Though what BJP is very uh, interestingly doing in Kerala, Prime Minister visited uh, some church leaders and they are trying to basically align uh, with uh, some Christian leaders. So in a sense, they are making efforts, but it will take time. This election, I don't think anything is going to change for them in Kerala beyond basically uh, crossing the 20% uh, uh, barrier. It would largely depend on what happens to UDF or LDF in this election. That will basically set in motion how BJP can take advantage uh, of the situation. Similarly, in Tamil Nadu, as I mentioned, it's a minor party, uh, but AIDMK, without uh, its tallest leader, Jayalalitha who died in 2016, if AIDMK doesn't win this election and stays away from the power, there are speculations that certain leaders from AIDMK may shift towards BJP because it's a national party and it's growing, and that will again set in motion uh, uh, certain things for the BJP. So so in conclusion, I don't think anything is happening in Kerala and Tamil Nadu in this election for BJP, but going forward, uh, they might have some things going for them.
0: That's a great uh, summary of the situation in, in both Tamil Nadu and Kerala, as well as looking ahead to the future politics there. Let's move to the East. Uh, the BJP's success in Assam, one of the states going to elections, is fairly recent. Do you see the politics over the Citizenship Amendment Act or the CAA having an impact on this election? And is the Congress-AUDF alliance likely to give a contest to the BJP?
1: Thank you. uh, Let me sort of like, you know, join the dots from the previous answer to this, uh, uh, trying to answer this question. Basically, you know, uh, politics in any given place, uh, in, in any Indian state or anywhere, is also determined by what the two main parties or alliance do in any state. Uh, BJP managed to gain in Assam, like a sudden gain in Assam in 2014, right? It was a very minor party. It became an uh, important player in 2014 and then suddenly forms government in 2016. That was also created by uh, by a vacuum in Assam politics where Congress was incumbent for 15 Years and there was no big opposition party present. A- AGP, Assam Gan Parishad was declining, even AUDF was dec- declining. So basically, the vacuum in opposition created that kind of space uh, uh, for the BJP Nassam, which happened in Karnataka, which seems to be happening in Telangana and Andhra Pradesh for BJP. Uh, so that, so but not in 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 Kerala and Tamil Nadu. Now coming back to Assam, I think you know, uh, like couple of months back, uh, there was speculation that BJP is going to have an easy time in Assam. They are going to easily win the state. That might still happen, uh, but and, and and that that calculation or that conclusion uh, was largely driven by two things. One. Uh, the disarray in the Congress uh, party, and especially after the death of former Chief Minister Tarun Gogoi, it seemed they lost the tallest leader and and things are not going well for them. And second, the alliance with AUDF uh, suggested that there is a now, of course, uh, Congress and AUDF will bring the Muslim votes together, uh, but it will also create a religious polarization, one, on the question of language, And one on the question of of, of religion. Uh, Both these things uh, basically shape up Assam's politics. Uh, uh, AUDF is largely a party of Bengali Muslims, whereas AGP in its earlier avatar used to get uh, votes of both Assamese Muslims or Assamese Hindus. BJP, uh, when it enters in the state, it, it, it basically combines the Assamese Hindus and Assamese Uh, 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 Assamese Hindus and Bengali Hindus so that's their uh, social coalition Uh, in its effort what it managed to do uh, painted only Muslims as the outsider right like in Assam's politics you know and people who study Indian politics know that like regionalism was very very important factor in, in Assam in 1980s and 1990s in fact Assam Gan Parishad was born out of such a regionalist in, in fact, in certain parts, violent uh, movement. So, so CA now created a very different kind of impact in, in Assam uh, compared to other states because Assam's politics has revolved around outsiders, not just Muslims, but also Hindu outsiders who came from West Bengal or Bangladesh, Tripura, right? So, so in a way, it sort of like created a very, interesting uh, uh, fallout where you have uh, seen new parties emerging in Assam out of uh, the protests that happened against the CA. Uh, We don't know how much impact they are going to have uh, uh, on the final result. But certainly now this election has basically become uh, an election which will not just only have the language and religion component, but also regional component within Assam. Uh, so by re- regional component, I, I mean, like, if you look at Assam, it could be neatly divided into three parts. And these three parts are voting in three different phases in this election. So upper Assam, uh, uh, which has basically, you know, home for uh, uh, AGP movement. Uh, then the lower Assam, which has Bodo land and, and parts touching with with. Uh, Bangladesh and and, and Meghalaya and other places. And then you have Barak Valley uh, uh, in in, in South. And these three regions, it seems because of CA's impact are going to vote very differently. And that's why uh, now new opinion polls are suggesting that election could be actually very, very close. And I I do think like even if in seats, uh, election goes one side, both shares are going to be very, very close because in upper Assam, BJP is likely to do well. Uh, uh, and, and, and in the other two regions, because of in, in, uh, uh, this AI, uh, the coalition with AIUDF, uh, plus another Bodo party, so BPF, Bodo Land People's Front, which was earlier in alliance with the BJP, has now joined the Congress AUDF alliance. So they will have some impact in the lower Assam. So now, you know, basically, uh, it has become close and, and a bit complicated uh, to sort of make a forecast at this moment.
0: Thank you, Rahul, for uh, mapping the electoral uh, terrain in Assam, which is, of course, always very uh, complicated. Let us now turn to West Bengal, which is probably the most fascinating contest this time. What explains the BJP's recent success, uh, especially in the 2019 general election in, in Bengal?
1: No, you are absolutely right, uh, Rana Joy. This is one of the most fascinating election. Uh, in fact, the coverage uh, about West Bengal, or like everyone is talking so much about West Bengal, that all other states, uh, the three we discuss Kerala, and Tamil Nadu, and Assam, are <laughs> not getting that much space in in media uh, uh, in and elsewhere. And perhaps uh, there are there, there is reason for it. It seems that. Uh, Bengal results in a way are going to uh, shape or affect the national polity till 2024 election. Uh, either like results may go either way. If, if, if TMC manages to save the fort and come out as a winner, uh, it will give a new vigor to the opposition and regional parties who have been holding forts in some states uh, against the BJP's ex- expansionist impulse, and if 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 BJP wins, then the eastern front has been completely breached. Uh, BJP now basically runs government in most of the states of eastern India, and I think the tremors will be felt across uh, the Bay Bengal sea coast, where uh, we've been talking about Andhra, Telangana, Tamil Nadu, and also Odisha, where BJP made some gains in twenty nineteen elections. So. Uh, either way it will basically shape the polity uh, 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 on on that coast the second point which is very important and you asked how did bjp uh, suddenly became an important party in west bengal uh, pre 2014 bjp used to get 3 4 5% in 2014 they managed to get around 15% won two seats and in 2019 election in a span of 5 years uh, they they became a party which came close to defeating the Trinamul Congress. They got forty percent of vote share. Uh, how did this happen? Uh, I think there are a couple of factors. First, uh, the left front, uh, which was which ruled West Bengal for almost three decades before Mamta, uh, in a way collapsed uh, uh, and, and and a large part of religious minorities of of left front basically moved towards, uh trinamool congress headed by mamta and a large part of hindus uh, especially uh, scheduled caste and scheduled tribes the lower caste moved towards the bjp this happened because of and and and, and, and that's my you know like analysis uh, some may not agree with it uh, which is mamta's desire to decimate left again uh, what we were talking in q1 and q2 created a vacuum she uh, vacuum on two fronts. basically she wanted to not only you know defeat uh, left but decimate left. Uh, so in in her efforts, it basically opened up two fronts. The first front opened up new mobilizational axes. Bengal, where you know social identities were not clearly very much part of the political arena, suddenly became uh, important, right So now, uh, uh basically you could talk uh, caste and religion you could talk so many identities that were ready to be mobilized uh, in, in 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 the political arena in fact because uh, uh there were, so earlier religious minorities muslims which make up almost one third of the electorate were largely with left but they were also like voting for the congress in certain pockets voting for the tmc in certain pockets but once they all basically uh, came behind in support of Mamta, which was in 2019 around 70% of, of Muslims voted for uh, for Mamta uh, and TMC, it created a counter polarization among Hindus, right? So one, mobilization access was opened on the religion front. Second, because you decimated Congress, you decimated left uh, in a parliamentary system, people will always be looking for alternative. So that vacuum created the space for BJP to grow in between 2014 and 2019. On top of that, in 2018 panchayat election, it seems that TMC basically went overboard to control these panchayats. Almost one third of the seats in, in local body polls were uncontested and largely won by TMC uh, cadres or politicians associated with the party. Uh, so it created sort of further sense of Uh, uh, domination by the left. Finally, I think uh, in in last couple of years, uh, 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 there are massive charges of corruption by local TMC cadres where welfare schemes, money for uh, cyclone relief and other things uh, did not reach to people. Uh, they were cornered by what is now, you know, this term which Prime Minister and many other people use during that is that syndicate basically siphoned off all the resources. And, 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 and somehow BJP has been able to convince uh, that there is also a religious angle to it. Uh, so a combination of all these things uh, basically helped the BJP to rise in the state.
0: Thank you, Rahul, for uh, again laying out uh, the different elements in, in what is obviously a, a very complex story behind uh, the rise of, of the BJP in West Bengal over the last five or six years. Uh, finally, uh, let me ask you a question uh, on on the gap. You know, the normal gap in the BJP's performance between the Lok Sabha and election assembly election holds. The Trinamool Congress is likely to win.
1: Mm,
0: Do you mm. see that changing? You've outlined certain elements of answer to this question in the earlier answer, but I just wanted to sort of push you on this a little bit further.
1: Oh, see, so so let's start with what can happen in Bengal. Uh, I think BJP. Uh, so despite this gap uh, where BJP uh, does really well in Lok no Sabha election and comes down by eight to ten percentage points in uh, assembly election. Despite that gap, uh, like if you look, if you if you try to understand Bengal election from that angle, then of course TMC looks like the winner. But you know what we are talking about is is average departure. We are not talking like ben, Bengal twenty twenty one is not an average election. It's going to be an exceptional election in that case. It's right, an exceptional election always sort of like depart from from uh, average generalization. But, like I'm not saying. BJP will win. BJP may certainly lose this election. TMC can come out a bigger. But TMC won't win Bengal if they win in a big way. They can at best manage to save the state. If BJP wins, there is a possibility that BJP will win big, basically sweeping the state. So you can't rule out a Tripura-like situation for BJP in, in, in Bengal. It's an exceptional case. BJP can basically, you know, march in and sweep the state I won't be surprised at that. I will be definitely surprised if Mamta wins big. Uh, uh, the so 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 one uh, that's the point. I, I I think like you know there is a gap, but that gap is just an average thing which does not translate into uh, uh, assembly election. And uh, but I think there is a larger question which we need to think about. This gap has been used to. Ex- you know, say many things about what is happening in national and state arena. Think from this other way, right? BJP basically pushes itself in Lok Sabha elections so much that even when it falls in state assembly elections, it has created a new normal for itself in that state. Basically, it has raised the bar. BJP was a 4% party in in, in Bengal, 6-7% party in Haryana. Uh, fourth uh, number player in Maharashtra uh, or, or, or the, like you know you can just keep on counting states to think of Bihar in a, each of these states BJP was a nominal player pre 2014 it basically gets a very high vote share in, in Lok Sabha it comes down but even if it comes down in the assembly election now it's a major poll in all these states right so, so in a way it has changed the electoral uh, competition of that state Finally, I think on Bengal, one needs to sort of like remember that Bengal is an eight-phased election, right? And anything can change. So I, that's why I don't even want to say who's winning. Uh, uh, and, and I don't want to even consider that eight or 10% general gap that BGP has, is that uh, first phase is on 27th. And on April 6th, three phases in Bengal would have polled. And every other state would have pulled. Uh, Tamil Nadu election over, Kerala over, Pondicherry over, Assam over. BJP as a national party, what it is going to do after April 6th? It's going to put all its resources in Bengal after, uh, uh, after April 6th, when five phases uh, are going to be, you know, uh, pulling. Mamta's resources or TMC's resources are going to be constant. So in a way, after April 6th, things are going to be changing for the BJP in in a different way. And one must remember a lot can happen over these long phases. Uh, If you think of just Bihar, which folding just like, you know, uh, three uh, big phases. uh, And if you look at the Bihar 2020 result, BJP or NDA trailed in the first phase, came neck and neck in the second phase and trounced the... Uh, RJD Alliance in the third phase and overall winning the state by uh, a small margin uh, I would not rule out such a possibility for BJP in, in West Bengal uh, that in eight phases in the course of SM, like eight phases BJP can turn the election in its favor
0: well, We've run out of time unfortunately. Uh, thank you Rahul for those fascinating insights and
1: thank you, sir. forward Thank you, the election
0: results on May 2nd. Thanks Thank you for listening to South Asia chat. If you wish to learn more about our work, visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg.